Hey you, it's October 11th and this is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer and I am so glad you're here with me. I'm so glad you decided to show up today. If this is your first time, a warm, hearty welcome to you. I am so blessed by your presence. And for our regular listeners, y'all already know how I feel about y'all. It is so great to have you back. Okay, so today we have an inspiring journey ahead of us, like we do every day. We're going to be traveling through four different, incredibly unique books of the Bible. If you've been here, then you already know where we are. First Thessalonians. Well, I guess I should probably start with Jeremiah, because that's in the Old Testament. But then from Jeremiah, we'll be going to First Thessalonians, and then our Psalm and our Proverb. Now, first off... We step into Jeremiah's world, and we're going to get that imagery of God as the potter and us as his clay. And isn't it comforting to know that when we mess up, God doesn't just toss us aside. When we don't turn out the way that we're supposed to turn out, he just keeps on molding and shaping and refining until we get to who we are supposed to be. And then we're also going to explore this idea that our hearts can play tricks on us, that our motives can sometimes surprise us. Our hearts, the Bible says, can be dark and deceptive, right? And so God, however, sees everything and he knows us inside and out. He examines our hearts and He is not fooled by anything we pretend to be, so we might as well come to him with all of our stuff because he's aware of it anyway. And then we'll journey over to 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to feel this warmth and love and joy that Paul had for his Thessalonian family. We'll sense his deep desire for them to grow in purity, in readiness for Jesus' return, and his encouragement for us to live in peace and in harmony. Plus, we'll learn to comfort one another because we need each other and we are each other's keepers. Then we'll find ourselves in the Psalms, joining the psalmist in a beautiful celebration of God's faithfulness. We're going to reminisce about how he liberated us from Egypt, us or his people from Egypt. And then we will also join in a plea, a heartfelt plea to listen and obey to his divine guidance to fully enjoy his blessings and his protection. And then finally, we're going to sit down in the school of wisdom that is Proverbs. And here we'll gain practical insights on navigating social situations, avoiding unnecessary conflicts, and understanding the value of humidity. You don't have to show anybody who you are or tell anybody who you are. You know who you are because of whose you are. And cream rises to the top. You're going to see what I'm talking about when we get to Proverbs. So our reading today is going to be all the things. Inspiring, challenging, uplifting, edifying, and instructive. And I can't wait to get into it with you. So let's do what we do right now. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16 through chapter 18, verse 23. The message. Now watch for what comes next. I'm going to assemble a bunch of fishermen, God's decree. They'll go fishing for my people and pull them in for judgment. 
Then I'll send out a party of hunters, and they'll hunt them out in all the mountains, hills, and caves. I'm watching their every move. I haven't lost track of a single one of them, neither them nor their sins. They won't get by with a thing. They'll pay double for everything they did wrong. They've made a complete mess of things, littering their lives with their obscene no-gods, leaving piles of stinking God junk all over the place. God, my strength, my stronghold, my safe retreat when trouble descends. The godless nations will come from Earth's four corners saying, Our ancestors lived on lies, useless illusions, all smoke. Can mortals manufacture gods? Their factories turn out no gods. Watch closely now. I'm going to teach these wrong-headed people. Starting right now, I'm going to teach them who I am and what I do. Teach them the meaning of my name, God, I am. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. Judah's sin is engraved with a steel chisel, a steel chisel with a diamond point engraved on their granite hearts, engraved on the stone corners of their altars. The evidence against them is plain to see. Sex and religion altars and sacred sex shrines. Anywhere there's a grove of trees. Anywhere there's an available hill. I'll use your mountains as roadside stands for giving away everything you have. All your things will serve as reparations for your sins all over the country. You'll lose your gift of land, the inheritance I gave you. I'll make you slaves of your enemies in a far off and strange land. My anger is hot and blazing and fierce and no one will put it out. God's message. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone, and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. Like a cowbird that cheats by laying its eggs in another bird's nest is the person who gets rich by cheating when the eggs hatch. The deceit is exposed. What a fool he'll look like. Like then, from early on your sanctuary was set high, a throne of glory, exalted. Oh God, you're the hope of Israel. All who leave you end up as fools, deserters with nothing to show for their lives, who walk off from God, fountain of living waters, and wind up dead. God, pick up the pieces, put me back together again. You are my praise. Listen to how they talk about me. So where's this word of God? We'd like to see something happen. But it wasn't my idea to call for doomsday. I never wanted trouble. You know what I've said. It's all out in the open before you. Don't add to my troubles. Give me some relief. Let those who harass me be harassed, not me. Let them be disgraced, not me. Bring down upon them the day of doom. Lower the boom, boom. 
keep the Sabbath day holy. God's message to me, go stand in the people's gate, the one used by Judah's kings as they come and go, and then proceed and turn to all the gates of Jerusalem. Tell them, listen, you kings of Judah, listen to God's message. And all you people who go in and out of these gates, you listen. This is God's message. Be careful if you care about your lives, not to desecrate the Sabbath by turning it into just another workday, lugging stuff here and there. Don't use the Sabbath to do business as usual. Keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your ancestors. They never did it, you know. They paid no attention to what I said and went about their own business, refusing to be guided or instructed by me. But now, take seriously what I tell you. Quit desecrating the Sabbath by busily going about your own work and keep the Sabbath day holy by not doing business as usual. Then kings from the time of David and their officials will continue to ride through these gates on horses or in chariots. The people of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem will continue to pass through them too. Jerusalem will always be filled with people. People will stream in from all over Judah, from the province of Benjamin, from the Jerusalem suburbs, from foothills and mountains and deserts. They'll come to worship, bringing all kinds of offerings, animals, grains, incense, expressions of thanks, into the sanctuary of God. But if you won't listen to me, won't keep the Sabbath holy, won't quit using the Sabbath for doing your own work, busily going in and out of the city gates on your self-important business, then I'll burn the gates down. In fact, I'll burn the whole city down, palaces and all, with a fire nobody will be able to put out. To worship the big lie, God told Jeremiah, up on your feet, go to the potter's house, when you get there, I'll tell you what I have to say. So I went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there working away at his wheel. Whenever the pot the potter was working on turned out badly, as sometimes happens when you are working with clay, the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. Then God's message came to me. Can't I just do as this potter does, people of Israel? God's decree. Watch this potter. In the same way that this potter works his clay, I work on you, people of Israel. At any moment, I may decide to pull up a people or a country by the roots and get rid of them. But if they repent of their wicked lives, I will think twice and start over with them. At another time, I might decide to plant a people or country, but if they don't cooperate and won't listen to me, I will think again and give up on the plans I had for them. So tell the people of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem my message. Danger! I'm shaping doom against you. Laying plans against you. Turn back from your doomed way of life. Straighten out your lives. But they'll just say, why should we? What's the point? We'll live just the way we've always lived, doom or no doom. God's message, ask around, survey the godless nations. Has anyone heard the likes of this? Virgin Israel has become a slut. Does snow appear from the Lebanon peaks? Do alpine streams run dry? But my people have left me to worship the big lie. They've gotten off the track, the old well-worn trail, and now bushwhack through underbrush in a tangle of roots and vines. Their land's going to end up a mess, a fool's memorial to be spit on, travelers passing through 
through will shake their heads in disbelief. I'll scatter my people before their enemies like autumn leaves in a high wind. On their day of doom, they'll stare at my back as I walk away, catching not so much as a glimpse of my face. Some of the people said, come on, let's cook up a plot against Jeremiah. We'll still have the priests to teach us the law, wise counselors to give us advice, and prophets to tell us what God has to say. Come on, let's discredit him so we don't have to put up with him any longer. And I said to God, God, listen to me. Just listen to what my enemies are saying. Should I get paid evil for good? That's what they're doing. They've made plans to kill me. Remember all the times I stood up for them before you, speaking up for them, trying to soften your anger? But enough. Let their children starve. Let them be massacred in battle. Let their wives be childless and widowed. Their friends die and their proud young men be killed. Let cries of panic sound from their homes as you surprise them with war parties. They're all set to lynch me. The noose is practically around my neck. But you know all this, God. You know they're determined to kill me. Don't whitewash their crimes. Don't overlook a single sin. Round the bunch of them up before you strike while the iron of your anger is hot. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1 through chapter 5 verse 3. Your God taught. One final word, friends. We ask you, urge is more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to do to please God, not in a dogged religious plod, but in a living, spirited dance. You know the guidelines we laid out for you from the Master Jesus. God wants you to live a pure life. Keep yourselves from sexual promiscuity. Learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body, not abusing it, as is so common among those who know nothing of God. Don't run roughshod over the concerns of your brothers and sisters. Their concerns are God's concerns, and He will take care of them. We've warned you about this before. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, grungy life, but into something holy and beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as the outside. If you disregard this advice, you're not offending your neighbors. You're rejecting God who is making you a gift of his Holy Spirit. Regarding life together and getting along with each other, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You're God taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. Keep it up. Get better and better at it. Stay calm, mind your own business, do your own job. You've heard all this from us before, but a reminder never hurts. We want you living in a way that will command the respect of outsiders, not lying around, sponging off your friends. The master's coming. And regarding the question, friends, that has come up about what happens to those already dead and buried, we don't want you in the dark any longer. First off, you must not carry on over them like people who have nothing to look forward to, as if the grave were the last word. Since Jesus died and broke loose from the grave, God will most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. And then this, we can tell you with complete confidence, we have the master's word on it, that when the master comes again to get us, those of us who are still alive will not get a jump on the dead and leave them behind. In actual fact, they'll be ahead of us. The master himself will give the command, 
archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast. He'll come down from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise. They'll go first. Then the rest of us who are still alive at the time will be caught up with them into the clouds to meet the master. Oh, we'll be walking on air. And then there will be one huge family reunion with the master. So reassure one another with these words. I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. You know as well as I that the day of the master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everybody's walking around complacently congratulating each other, we've sure got it made. Now we can take it easy. Suddenly, everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and inescapably as birth pangs to a pregnant woman. Psalm 81 A song to our strong God, a shout to the God of Jacob, anthems from the choir, music from the band, sweet sounds from lute and harp, trumpets and trombones and horns. It's festival day, a feast to God, a day decreed by God, solemnly ordered by the God of Jacob. He commanded Joseph to keep this day so we'd never forget what he did in Egypt. I hear this most gentle whisper from one I never guessed would speak to me. I took the world off your shoulders, freed you from a life of hard labor. You called to me in your pain. I got you out of a bad place. I answered you from where the thunder hides. I proved you at Meribah Fountain. Listen, dear ones, get this straight. Oh, Israel, don't take this lightly. Don't take up with strange gods. Don't worship the popular gods. I'm God, your God, the very God who rescued you from doom in Egypt, then fed you all you could eat, filled your hungry stomachs. But my people didn't listen. Israel paid no attention. So I let go of the reins and told them, run, do it your own way. Oh, dear people, will you listen to me now? Israel, will you follow my map? I'll make short work of your enemies. Give your foes the back of my hand. I'll send the God-haters cringing like dogs, never to be heard from again. You'll feast on my fresh-baked bread, spread with butter and rock-pure honey. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 6 through 8. Don't work yourself into the spotlight. Don't push your way into the place of prominence. It's better to be promoted to a place of honor than face humiliation by being demoted. Don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good explanation for what you just saw. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your love today. Your love is just beyond our comprehension, so vast, so wide, so deep that we cannot fathom the way and the why behind the purpose for loving us the way that you do. Lord, we are just in awe of your patience with us, your grace. And your commitment, your faithfulness to us and to our transformation, Lord, as the potter, you see our imperfections and our flaws, not as failures, not to be thrown away, but as opportunities to continue to work and to refine and to create something beautiful. Lord, we just yearn for your touch once again, your masterful touch, your gentle touch, your tender touch. 
for the touch that knit us together in our mother's wombs. Lord, in the quiet spaces of our hearts, our spirits cry out to you. Lord, we seek you from the innermost parts of our being. We desire an authenticity in our relationship with you that transcends mere words, mere lip service. We want an authenticity in our relationship with you that stems from our core self, the self where you dwell. Help us, Father, to be ever so pliable and flexible in your hands so that we would yield to your divine plan so that we can come to you with all of our stuff, knowing that you will not cast us out. In fact, you said that we should cast our cares on you, Lord, and you would give us rest in exchange. Lord, when we stumble, when our steps falter, continue to just wrap us in your secure embrace. Remind us that your forgiveness is here for us. Lord, that you will give us a fresh start and a new beginning. Lord, may we find the strength to rise again, molded by your hands and continually being refined in your mercy and in your love. Grant us the courage, Lord, to make choices that reflect your will in a world where the path of right living often seems steep and uneven and rugged and hard. Lord, we want our actions to just draw us closer to you. We want to be that light, Lord, that shines in darkness, a reflection of who you are. We want our adversity to be our advantage, that we would renegotiate any negative experiences into something constructive and powerful, something that can be used for your glory and our good, Lord, in the depths of our hearts where our fears reside, where our shadows lie. Lord, we lay ourselves before you. You, you know every corner of our hearts, every silent prayer, every unshed tear. Lord, help us to embrace this truth that you examine us. You know us through and through to welcome your all-seeing gaze into our hearts so that we can receive your grace, your forgiveness, and your transformation, the change that you want to make within us. Guide us, Father, on our journeys of becoming the best versions of ourselves as we walk this path hand in hand with you. May we continuously strive to be more real, more ourselves in the glow of your love. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, instead of getting stuck in if-only thoughts, I pause and shift my inner lens to find the light. There's always another angle if I'm willing to see. Instead of getting stuck in if-only thoughts, I pause and shift my inner lens to find the light. There is always another angle if I'm willing to see. And our aphorism, commit yourself to lifelong learning. The most valuable asset you will ever have is your mind and what you put into it. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary expedition with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.